Well, hello, and welcome to Auditing the Global Capital Markets with Allison. It has been an interesting month of March, 2023. We want to pick up where we left off last week. We dived into the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and the threats to First Republic Bank. Luckily, things have leveled out in the intervening days. And at this point, there seems to be a stabilization in the banking sector. Although we did have the collapse of Credit Suisse in Switzerland, and it was taken over by UBS, as well as $54 billion in cash injected into Credit Suisse by the Switzerland government before eventually turning to UBS to rescue the Credit Suisse bank. So it has been a tumultuous uh, few days. And today we wanna dive into some of the fallout from the discussions last week, and then immediately turn to our continuing auditing of the global capital markets and diving into some of the things that we feel are important at this point to consider as it relates to where we are in our overall analysis uh, of the global capital markets. It is interesting that when we see the overall review of the Silicon Valley banks collapse and what happened, uh, there's a conclusion that we really see it as a result of the quote, everything bubble, quote, unquote, finally bursting. They believe that it is a result of a massive market bubble that is finally popping. And a number of Wall Street commentators agreed that the Federal Reserve Bank had had a hand in the chaos via its aggressive rate hikes. And uh, even a Deutsche Bank an analyst said that it is not a stretch to say that this episode is emblematic of the higher for a longer rate regime. And as you may have heard, they have decided to raise the interest rates again uh, by a quarter uh, basis points. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of the USA, March 22nd, 2023. So the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is the natural result of the quote, everything bubble, unquote, that's engulfed markets in the last decade finally bursting, and now that a new rate environment is upon us, the market should expect more of these chaotic episodes. The tech-focused bank's spectacular downfall stunned investors several weeks ago, with the Silicon Valley Bank stock plunging over 80% and the firm's losses wiping out $55 billion from Wall Street's top four banks in a single day before the Silicon Valley Bank was eventually just shut down by regulators on that first Friday of March. What do you get when you 
see one of the biggest hiking cycles on record alongside one of the most inverted yield curves in history, all at the same time as we're seeing one of the biggest tech bubbles bursting in history, coupled with runaway growth in private markets. And that's what a Deutsche Bank analyst wrote on the uh, March 8th, 2023 through March 18. This Deutsche Bank analyst continued by saying, the answer is that you get nights like what happened on March 9th, 2023 through today, where the Silicon Valley Bank Financial Group closed 60.41% lower on the day, wiping out $9.6 billion in market value. It is not a stretch to say that this episode is emblematic of the higher for longer rate regime we appear to be at the start of. Silicon Valley Bank's steep losses on its, bo- on its bond portfolio, the announcement of which kicked off its decline in the middle of last month, uh, the month of March, in the middle of March, were a direct result of the Federal Reserve Bank of the USA's aggressive rate hikes over the last year as its holdings of longer-term treasuries and mortgage securities cratered in value with rising interest rates. It marked the conclusion of a so-called everything bubble that central bankers helped blow up by keeping rates artificially low, pumping the market full of liquidity, and generally making conditions so favorable for asset prices that they seem like a can't-lose investing proposition. Silicon Valley Bank is merely the latest casualty of that era coming to an abrupt end, and it illustrates the problems for investors and firms that saw huge success in an unprecedented period of loose financial conditions. As rates rise, and less risky investments start offering attractive yields, more and more money is going to be pulled from things like high-growth tech stocks, cryptocurrencies, and privately held startups. So to recap, the Federal Reserve Bank of the USA both inflated the bubble and now wants to pop it. The last three weeks of March, legendary investor Jeremy Granham slammed the central bank for creating bubbles with its policy, calling its influence over markets a 36-year-long horror show. He said, they've engaged in policies that drive up the prices of assets, other things being even, and create spectacular overpriced bubbles. They then break because that's what bubbles have to do. They simply break off their extreme overpricing and we pay a very tough price, according to Jeremy Granham in a recent interview with Bloomberg's What Goes Up podcast. Other Wall Street commentators have also slammed the Fed's aggressive response to inflation, warning that an epic stock market crash is now a given as the huge bubble the central bank itself created looks poised to burst. The risk of a crash is higher after Federal Reserve Bank Chair Jerome Powell during the first two weeks of March signaled steeper rate hikes into 2023, 
according to Mohammed El Arian, and stocks could crash as much as 20 to 30 percent over the next few months, according to Morgan Stanley strategist and markets guru Larry McDonald. We'll have to see how this story develops, but something always breaks hard during or after a Fed hiking cycle. Is this another mini wobble on this front or the start of something bigger? Tough to tell, but I would be stunned if there weren't many more casualties of this boom and bust cycle. Don't forget, we haven't been in recession yet, warned the Deutsche Bank analysts. So if we look, for instance, under a top JP Morgan strategist who saw that Kathy Woods, a very uh, well-known and respected as asset manager, uh, had a $2 billion loss, uh, it shows that the Fed burst the speculative bubble in stocks. So we're all watching this with bated breath and we'll continue to monitor these developments on auditing the global capital markets with Allison. For today's program, let's move back into our overall audit and let's dive into a very interesting analysis on where we are with the auditing of the global capital markets by looking at our billionaires and millionaires globally to understand where some of the $1,540 trillion that circulates across the globe uh, and where that money is currently sitting. I would like to start by giving an overview from the perspective of Oxfam International, which promotes a very interesting report annually on the state of billionaires in the world. And we're gonna turn to a report that they did uh, on January the 20th, 2020, before the pandemic. Uh, and of course, we'll get the update for today. According to Oxfam International, world's billionaires have more wealth than 4.6 billion people. Now, as you know, we have 8 billion people on the earth. So the world's 2,153 billionaires have more wealth than the 4.6 billion people who make up 60% of the planet's population. This re was revealed in a new report from Oxfam International at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland on January 20th, 2020. Global inequality is shockingly entrenched and vast and the number of billionaires has doubled in the last decade from 2010 to 2020. Oxfam India CEO Amitabh Behar, who was in Davos to represent the Oxfam Confederation in 2020, said the gap between rich and poor can't be resolved without deliberate inequality bursting policies and too few governments are committed to these. In Oxfam's report, Time to Care, it showed how our sexiest economies are fueling the inequality crisis, enabling a wealthy elite to accumulate vast fortunes at the expense of ordinary people and particularly poor women and girls. 
These fortunes include the 22 richest men in the world who have more wealth than all the women in Africa. Women and girls put in 12.5 billion hours of unpaid care work each and every day, a contribution to the global economy of at least $10.8 trillion a year, more than three times the size of the global tech industry. Getting the richest 1% to pay just 0.5% extra tax on their wealth over the next 10 years would equal the investment needed to create 117 million jobs in sectors such as elderly and childcare, education, and health. Behar went on to say, our broken economies are lining the pockets of billionaires and big business at the expense of ordinary men and women. No wonder people are starting to question whether billionaires should even exist. Women and girls are among those who benefit least from today's economic system. They spend billions of hours cooking, cleaning, and caring for children and the elderly. Unpaid care work is the hidden engine that keeps the wheels of our economies, businesses, and societies moving. It is driven by women who often have little time to get an education, earn a decent living, or have a say in how our societies are run and who are therefore trapped at the bottom of the economy, unquote. Again, that's the CEO of uh, Oxfam India, Mr. Behar. Women do more than three quarters of all unpaid care work. That's 75% of all unpaid care work done by women. They often have to work reduced hours or drop out of the workforce because of their care workload. Across the globe, 42% of women of working age cannot get jobs because they are responsible for all the caregiving compared to just 6% of men. Women also make up two thirds of the paid care workforce. Jobs such as nursery workers, domestic workers, and care assistants are often poorly paid provide scant benefits, impose irregular hours, and can take a physical and emotional toll. The pressure on careers, both unpaid and paid, is set to grow in the coming decade as the global population grows and ages. An estimated 2.3 billion people will be in need of care by 2030, an increase of 200 million since 2015 Climate change could worsen the looming global care crisis. By 2025, up to 2.4 billion people will live in areas without enough water and women and girls will have to walk even longer distances to fetch it. This report also shows governments are massively undertaxing the wealthiest individuals and corporations and failing to collect revenues that could help lift the responsibility of care from women and tackle poverty and inequality. At the same time, governments are underfunding vital public services and infrastructure that can help reduce women and girls' workload. For example, investments in water and sanitation, electricity, childcare, healthcare, 
could free up women's time and improve their quality of life. For example, providing access to an improved water source could save women in parts of Zimbabwe up to four hours of work a day or two months a year. Governments created the inequality crisis. They must now act to end it. They must ensure corporations and wealthy individuals pay their fair share of tax and increase investment in public services and infrastructure. They must pass laws to tackle the huge amount of care work done by women and girls and ensure the people who do some of the most important jobs in our society, caring for our parents, our children, and most vulnerable, are paid a living wage. Governments must prioritize care as being as important as all other sectors in order to build more human economies that work for everyone, not just a fortunate few. Another quote from Mr. Behar of the Oxfam India office. Very daunting. Let's explore a little more when looking at the situation right now with where our millionaires and billionaires currently are occupying the globe. Right now, we're gonna look at all of the cases of billionaires worldwide and where they're located. Currently, we know as of today that across the globe, we have 2,668 billionaires. So it has increased since 2020. And it's interesting because there's about a little less than 70 countries that have billionaires. So not all 200 countries have billionaires. Of course, the majority are in the USA with 735 billionaires, but mainland China follows closely with 539. And then India, the 166, Germany with 134, 83 in Russia, 67 in Hong Kong, 64 in Canada, 62 in Brazil, 52 in Italy, 51 in Taiwan, 49 in United Kingdom, 46 in Australia, 45 in Sweden, 43 in France, 41 in Switzerland, 41 in South Korea, 40 in Japan, 30 in Indonesia, 30 in Israel, 28 in Thailand, 27 in Spain, 26 in Singapore, 24 in Turkey, 20 in the Philippines, 17 in Malaysia, 15 in Mexico, 13 in Norway, 11 in Austria, in Austria 11 in the Netherlands, 9 in the Czech Republic, 9 in Ireland, 9 in Denmark, 7 in Chile, 6 in Egypt. There are also six in Finland, six in Ukraine, six in Lebanon, six in Poland, five in Portugal, four in Kazakhstan, four in South Africa, four in Argentina, four in United Arab Emirates, four in Vietnam, three in Colombia, three in Cyprus, three in Greece, three in Monaco, three in Nigeria, two in Bulgaria, two in Peru, two in New Zealand, two in St. Kitts and Nevis, two in Romania, 
two in Slovakia, two in Georgia, and two in Uruguay. The remaining 47 through 70 are only one in each country, a variety of countries from islands to smaller nations. Gives you a sense of the billionaire market. And this is according to Forbes magazine as of March 2022. And uh, we have a similar report from Knight Frank's Wealth Report. It's a little older from 2018. And they put the billionaires at 3,381 and uh, track them that way. So there are a number of global rich lists. There's a Huron list, which is more based out of China. And uh, they really are tracking the Chinese uh, billionaires. But that just gives you a sense of where the billionaires are across the world. And we're going to go with the number from Forbes of 2,668. But we will keep in mind that the Knight Frank's Wealth Report puts it closer to 3,381, which I would venture to say uh, probably is an interesting source because it's a real estate, residential, and commercial property consultancy in London. And they're probably also doing a very good job attempting to track those uh, billionaires. Interesting enough, we can also look at how many millionaires we have, because this helps us audit the whole market. Um, I think the billionaires combined with the millionaires will probably take up um, a tremendous amount of that balance sheet that we looked at back in February where McKinsey and company had the balance sheet at about 500 to $551 trillion in global assets all over the globe, where the uh, liabilities were a little less than $600 trillion. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, you have the um, additional uh, $1,000 uh, trillion that is circulating um, as well uh, annually above and beyond the um, assets uh, and liabilities balance sheet. So if you look at the millionaires, that's interesting. Much bigger number. Um, clearly, they're primarily in the USA. But it's interesting that according to Credit Suisse in 2022, they're putting the number for the world at 62,483 million millionaires. So it's interesting. It's a overall list based on an annual assessment of wealth and assets that the Swiss bank Credit Suisse compiles. It looked at uh, the estimates that in the middle of 2021, they had it only at 56 million people worldwide uh, with assets above $1 million. But 40% of those uh, lived in the USA. Uh, the total net worth of all millionaires stood at about 158, $159 trillion at that point in 2021. So the millionaires, uh, primarily in North America, 26,778 million in Northern America, Europe had 16,696,000 millionaires. Asia Pacific, 10,755,000 millionaires. China alone, 6,190 millionaires. Latin America, 915,000 millionaires. India, 796 millionaires. And Africa, 352. 
thousand millionaires. Um, and of course, the Credit Suisse report would break down by country um, the millionaires, which you know we're not going to read, but you get the overall continental sense. United States alone, according to Credit Suisse, as of the end of 2022, had almost 25 million millionaires, whereas um, North America overall had almost 27 million millionaires. So that combined it with uh, Canada. So we're looking at uh, a combination of millionaires and billionaires to sort of explain uh, where our you know, overall assets um, are currently circulating. And it gives us a good point of departure uh, to sort of understand, you know, what is happening with uh, the auditing of the global capital markets, because we know that the $148 trillion that we were analyzing in February across the asset managers globally, if we look at this report that is saying you know, probably around 159 trillion is held by millionaires in the USA alone. Uh, we have to then account for uh, where the other uh, money is being held. Um, and obviously this number is fluctuating um, because we were looking at that amount for 2020 and 2021. Um, so obviously 2023, the numbers will be even higher uh, of, of, of total assets under management and then all the assets and wealth held by, by the millionaires and the billionaires. So let's take a look at that, of that, at that question in relation to uh, some of the states. Uh, if you're in the USA, chances are there's a billionaire living among you as part of the annual world's billionaires list, Forbes magazine found 748 members of the billionaire three comma club populating the USA across 42 of the 50 states. These billionaires made their money in everything from agriculture to video games. They live everywhere from Arizona to Wyoming, though most call one of just four states home, California, with 186 billionaire residents, New York with 135 billionaire residents, Florida, 78 billionaires, Texas, 67 billionaires. In recent years, some of the super rich have ditched the high tax hubs, including Elon Musk and Larry Ellison, who both fled Silicon Valley during the COVID-19 pandemic. So they're moving into other areas. And that can include, you know, everywhere from South Carolina uh, into these, you know, other states. So you can actually go to Forbes to get the breakdown of, you know, of that list uh, if you want to study where where they're located um, in terms of the 748 members of the world's billionaires list, according to Forbes magazine as of the end of 2022. So all of this gives us a background uh, to why we want to return to some of the analysis of Oxfam America and Oxfam International as it relates to the world's richest people. So let's get an update as of 2023 
um, because we saw the report from 2020. In January 2023, Oxfam International presented another report as they attempt to do every year at the uh, World Economic Forum. So let's take a look at this report and the latest information they have of the situation with the 1% and the auditing of the global capital markets as it relates to the billionaires and the millionaires that we were tracking. The richest 1% bagged nearly twice as much wealth as the rest of the world put together, particularly over the past two years. The super rich outstripped their extraordinary grab of half of all new wealth in the past decade from 2020, pardon me, 2010 to 2023. Billionaire fortunes are increasing by $2.7 billion a day, even as at least 1.7 billion workers now live in countries where inflation is outpacing wages. A tax of up to 5% of the world's multimillionaires and billionaires could raise $1.7 trillion a year, enough to lift 2 billion people out of poverty. That is a command for this program. It is something we will investigate further today and moving forward, the extent to which there is a number of organizations that are trying to push for a tax of at least 5% of the multimillionaires and multibillionaires to help the rest of the 8 billion of us that are here to be able to live in a decent circumstance. Continuing the article from Oxfam International, the richest 1% grabbed nearly two thirds of all new wealth worth $42 trillion created only since 2020, almost twice as much money as the bottom 99% of the world's population. This is revealed in a new Oxfam International Report that was released on January 16, 2023. During the past decade, the richest 1% had captured around half of all new wealth. The new report called Survival of the Richest is published on the opening day of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Elites are gathering in the Swiss ski resort as extreme wealth and extreme poverty have increased simultaneously for the first time in 25 years. Quote, while ordinary people are making daily sacrifices on essentials like food, the super rich have outdone even their wildest dreams. Just two years in this decade of 2020, this decade is shaping up to be the best yet for billionaires, a roaring 20s boom for the world's richest, said Gabriella Butcher the executive director of Oxfam International. 
quote, taxing the super rich and big corporations is the door out of today's overlapping crises. It's time we demolish the convenient myth that tax cuts for the richest result in their wealth somehow trickling down to everyone else. 40 years of tax cuts for the super rich have shown that a rising tide doesn't lift all ships, just the super yachts, unquote. Billionaires have seen extraordinary increases in their wealth. During the pandemic and cost of living crisis years since 2020, $26 trillion or 63% of all new wealth was captured by the richest 1%, while $16 trillion or 37% went to the rest of the world put together. So the remaining 8 billion of us. A billionaire gained roughly $1.7 million for every $1 of new global wealth earned by a person in the bottom 90%. Billionaire fortunes have increased by $2.7 billion a day. This comes on top of a decade of historic gains. The number and wealth of billionaires having doubled over the last 10 years. Billionaire wealth surged in 2022 with rapidly rising food and energy profits. The report from Oxfam shows that 95 food and energy corporations have more than doubled their profits in 2022. They made $306 billion in windfall profits and paid out $257 billion, or 84%, of that to rich shareholders. The Walton Dynasty, which owns half of Walmart, received $8.5 billion over the last year. Indian billionaire Gautam Adani, owner of major energy corporations, has seen this wealth soar by $42 billion, or 46% for in 2022 alone. Excess corporate profits have driven at least half of inflation in Australia, the USA, and the UK. At the same time, at least 1.7 billion workers now live in countries where inflation is outpacing wages, and over 820 million people, roughly 1 in 10 people on earth, are going hungry. Women and girls often eat least and last, and make up nearly 60% of the world's hungry population. The World Bank says we are likely seeing the biggest increase in global inequality and poverty since World War II. Entire countries are facing bankruptcy, with the poorest countries now spending four times more repaying debts to rich creditors and they spend more than four times paying debtors than on healthcare. So three quarters of the world's governments are planning austerity-driven public sector spending cuts, including on healthcare and education by 7.8 trillion over the next five years. With entire countries facing bankruptcy the poorest countries now spend four times more repaying debts to rich creditors 
than on health care. Oxfam International is calling for a systemic and wide-ranging increase in taxation of the super-rich to claw back crisis gains driven by public money and profiteering. Decades of tax cuts for the richest and corporations have fueled inequality, with the poorest people in many countries paying higher tax rates than billionaires. Elon Musk, one of the richest men, paid a true tax rate of about 3% between 2014 and 2018. Aber Christine, a flower, pardon me, a floor vendor in Uganda, a, a, a flower vendor in Uganda, makes $80 a month and pays a tax rate of 40%. What a contrast. She's paying a 40% tax rate on an $80 a month income in Uganda. And Elon Musk, one of the world's richest men, has a true tax rate of about 3%. Worldwide, only four cents in every tax dollar now comes from taxes on wealth. Only four cents on every dollar. Half of the world's billionaires live in countries with no inheritance tax for direct descendants. They will pass on a $5 trillion tax-free treasure chest to their heirs, more than the GDP of Africa, which will drive a future generation of aristocratic elites. Rich people's income is mostly unearned, derived from returns on their assets, yet it is taxed on average at 18%, just over half as much as the average top tax rate on wages and salaries. The report shows that taxes on the wealthiest used to be much higher. Over the last 40 years, governments across Africa, Asia, Europe, and the Americas have slashed the income taxes and slashed the income, income tax rates on the richest. At the same time, they have upped taxes on goods and services, which fall disproportionately on the poorest people and exacerbate gender inequality. In the years after World War II, the top U.S. federal income tax rate remained 90% above and averaged 81% between 1944 and 1981. That's just after World War II. The U.S. top federal income tax rate remained above 90% and averaged about 81% from World War II until 1981. Similar levels of tax in other rich countries existed during most and some of the most successful years of their economic development and played a key role in expanding access to public services like education and healthcare. Taxing the super rich is the strategic precondition to reducing inequality and resuscitating democracy. We need to do this for innovation, for stronger public services, for happier and healthier societies, and to tackle the climate crisis by investing in the solutions 
that counter the insane emissions of the very rich and of the very richest, according to Butcher, the executive director of Oxfam International. According to new analysis by the Fight Inequality Alliance, the Institute for Policy Studies, Oxfam International, and the Patriotic Millionaires, an annual wealth tax of up to 5% on the world's multimillionaires and billionaires could raise $1.7 trillion a year, enough to lift 2 billion people out of poverty, fully fund the shortfalls on existing humanitarian appeals, deliver a 10-year plan to end hunger, support poorer countries being ravaged by climate impacts, and deliver universal health care and social protection for everyone living in low and lower middle income countries. Therefore, Oxfam International's report, Survival of the Richest, is calling on governments to introduce one-off solidarity wealth taxes and windfall taxes to end crisis profiteering. Next, permanently increase taxes on the richest 1%, for example, to at least 60% of their income from labor and capital with higher rates for multimillionaires and billionaires. Governments must especially raise taxes on capital gains, which are subject to lower tax rates than other forms of income. Finally, tax the wealth of the richest 1% at rates high enough to significantly reduce the numbers and wealth of the richest people and redistribute other resources, and these resources in particular. This includes Im implementing inheritance, property, and land taxes, as well as net wealth taxes. This report can be downloaded at oxfam.org under Survival of the Richest Report. Oxfam used the list that we were reading earlier from the Forbes billionaire list. It gives the total of billionaires around the world that we were referring to before. Sure enough, when you look at the report, Forbes reported, and this was as of the end of 2022, war, pandemic, and sluggish markets hit the world's billionaires this year. They reported there are 2,668 of them on Forbes' 36th annual ranking of the planet's richest people. They were saying that that was 87 fewer than a year ago. They're worth a collective $12.7 trillion or $400 billion less than in 2021. The most dramatic drops occurred in Russia where there are 34 fewer billionaires than last year following Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine and China, where a government crackdown on tech companies has led to 87 fewer Chinese billionaires on the list. Still, Forbes found more than 1,000 billionaires who are richer than they were a year ago and 236 newcomers that have become billionaires over the past year, including the first ever from Barbados, Bulgaria, Estonia, and Uruguay. Of course, America still led the world with 735 billionaires worth a collective $4.7 trillion, including Elon Musk, 
who tops the world's billionaires for the first time as of the report in 2022, December. China, including Macau and Hong Kong, remains number two with 607 billionaires worth a collective $2.3 trillion. And they use stock prices and exchange rates from March 11th, 2022 to calculate net worths and basically come up with their rankings. So very interesting uh, to, to view uh, the numbers. And at this point, they uh, tracked uh, all of the money um, going to these these billionaires. And, you know, we've already reviewed the locations. Uh, we can review the top 15. Um, but the Forbes list, if you go onto the website and go to the Forbes billionaire list for 2022, um, they were able to have a comprehensive list um, that goes through all of them uh, across the world and list um, the total number which as they mentioned, they've calculated approximately uh, 197. So, but really, really, uh, you know, close to the total number um, that they mentioned uh, is closer to, uh, you know, 2,668 worldwide. And then, you know, you break it down by country with some of the more, um, interesting ones being highlighted in the article. So this gives us a sense of where we stand in terms of how the auditing of the global capital markets assists us in seeing uh, where the money is going and you know how the money is being um, you know uh, appropriated across the world. And most importantly, um, the multi-billionaires and multi-millionaires, where they are in the world and the tremendous amount of wealth that they are sitting on. Uh, and uh, interesting feedback from Oxfam uh, regarding their analysis uh, of these uh, billionaires. So this, this uh, situation is interesting. Um, and we probably should hear some interesting uh, feedback from the Oxfam community. I think that uh, listening to some of their viewpoints uh, would be beneficial.
very interesting analysis from Oxfam International. And I think that it's uh, extremely important to hear these viewpoints and as a way to round out the program. Uh, because really, I think for auditing the global capital markets with Allison, we've done some really deep diving January through March. And I think now the program is going to begin focusing on solutions to understand that with the auditing of the global capital markets, we need to see how we can redirect the funds to benefit more people, to have a world that works for everyone. And that's really my objective as an international political economist. I have been working across over 100 and 11 countries around the world. I have been very privileged to work in all kinds of international financial institutions, development banks, international finance corporation, the World Bank Group, our USA federal government department and agencies contractors. And I've seen across the world what's happening. And I started this program to educate us to audit the global capital markets so that we can better dive into where our money is going, how it's being used, and what we're using it for, and whether we need to make a shift. And we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to explore that. Let's hear more comments from the Oxfam international community and in the program with more thoughts on what to do next.
I think that's a very important distinction. That's the Oxfam International Director that we were uh, quoting earlier, Gabriella. And it's interesting that if we look at uh, the distinction between taxing the corporations versus taxing the millionaires and the billionaires, because uh, the director, uh, Gabriella Butcher, who was there on camera at the World Economic Forum being interviewed by CNBC, the point she was trying to make is that assets are not being taxed. So that's part of the discrepancy. So you have the wealth that's generated every day that can be taxed through the system. But those that are sitting on some of the assets that we've been analyzing from the 147 to $48 trillion under management, uh, as well as you know some of the other hundreds of trillions of dollars that are sitting in different asset portfolios, those are not necessarily being taxed. And that's also what can be addressed. Uh, so at all levels, there is an opportunity to redistribute the wealth in a way that the wealthy maintain their high levels of success materially, you know, financially, economically, but they're being taxed fairly so that the rest of society can have uh, living circumstances uh, beyond just survival. Um, and that's really the difference that needs to happen. Uh, and I think um, we should continue this dialogue. Feel free to find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, and all the other social media platforms. Um, or you can just email me, allison at 2414morgan.com or www.2414mdinternational.com, where we're really trying to work on these issues. And as the report uh, discussed, there's a group of organizations that we'll be diving into in the next broadcast, hopefully having some of the uh, leadership on the show uh, that are taking this on, uh, namely the Fight for Inequality Alliance, the Institute for Policy Studies, and the patriotic millionaires, as well as, of course, Oxfam International. And so all of those uh, are organizations that we'll be diving into and, of course, looking for their leadership to engage us on the show. So let's hear one more comment from uh, Gabriela Boucher again uh, at the interesting Davos World Economic Forum of 2023 and uh, see her commentary.
we have now been a witness to a number of reports from across the world, hearing directly from the heads of Oxfam Canada just now, and then uh, before that, the executive director of Oxfam International, Gabriella Boucher. So this has been a very thorough discussion today, very heavy, uh, but we have to audit the global capital markets here with Allison to go deeper into where our money is being spent, how it's being used, and what it's being used for, and where the trillions of dollars are being stored and not being used to make this world work for everything and everyone. And that really should be our objective. So look forward to getting feedback from all of you. Allison at 2414morgan.com or www.2414mdinternational.com or Allison Johnson across all social media platforms. Thank you again for joining me and be in touch and look forward to speaking again very soon. Have a great day, a great morning, and a great week. Happy spring. Indeed, spring equinox, March 20th, 2023. We are now ushering in the springtime. Please enjoy. Take good care. And thank you for being with us.